Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. few technical issues which are all sorted now thank goodness um we've got some great guests on with us tonight as you know um start with johnny how are you johnny tonight welcome back oh thanks for having me back to be honest i've been counting down the days till i return to this wonderful publication i'm uh, excited excited <laughs> to be involved and uh yeah part of a stellar lineup it's like the new beat yeah <laughs> we've got the band back together at last. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming on it's really a real pleasure and uh obviously the one the only adrian clark as well it's great to have you back on as well adrian thank yeah you. hello chaps yeah no good to be back yeah sorry yeah i'm to blame for the delay kickoff um yeah technical difficulties this end but we're, we're winging it on my phone um but yeah no good to be back on and yeah um yeah, hopefully once the once the lockdown is lifted, we can finally meet up, Andrew, because we, we only live a couple of miles apart, don't we? So um, yeah, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't think we'd have all the technical issues we've had when you're literally just uh, around the corner. Uh, it's madness, absolute madness. And uh, welcome back as well to the co-host Chappers. How are you, Chappers? Mate, I'm fighting fit and ready to go. It's really, really nice to be back and really, really nice to see all your lovely faces. It really is just exactly. wonderful. Um, I don't know if there's anything wrong with the lighting here, but I, I think it looks like on my phone anyway that I've got my face is the same colour as my shirt. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, perhaps I'll just be jaundiced for the, uh, for the evening and that's fine by me. You've got the look of Donald Trump in your face, so that's <laughs> not a good thing. But uh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll run with it, chappers. We'll run with spooky. it. Let's go spooky. Your hair's, I mean, you must admit, your, your, your lockdown hair is getting very feral now, chappers. Oh, mate, yeah. it's out of control. I don't know what to do. In fact, <laughs> I, I tell you what, you know, uh, my obsession with the Arsenal players' hair, etc., um, I'd be absolutely fucking ashamed if I was to meet any of them on the street. I'd run a, run a mile. <laughs> um, well. We've got a few things to get through tonight. Uh, going to sort of finish up on a shorter version of the, the quiz that um, we started, which is really good fun. Um, I don't know whether to go into the almighty cocking going on recently, pardon the pun, with William Saliba. Um, it's a bit um, mad. I'm sure we've all seen the situation. Um, I don't know. Where, one thing I want to talk about, because of the interviews um that he's been doing you know what was two three four interviews he's done now where he's been quite critical of the club and uh, with arteta i just want to know really whether you think he's got a future at the club you guys uh i'll start with you johnny i mean 
it's not looking good for him, is it, at the moment? Even though he's playing very well, he won the uh, Player of the Month last uh, for January. But it, it, he's just not doing himself any favours at the moment, is he? Um, I'm I'm quite pleased we're talking about this actually because um, yeah it's been a bit of a hot topic this week um, not least the leaking of a video as well um, which to just clear up straight away from what I understand that was from three years ago uh, and obviously is uh, is poor in, in poor taste no matter what but it's the mistakes of a 16 year old and one thing I do detest was some of the you know homophobia bouncing around the Arsenal community and there's no place for it so you know regardless of his silly mistake at 16 don't want to hear that nonsense in terms of him as a player and a prospect I look I'm gonna hold my hands up I've been a big like I've been absolutely desperate to see what William Saliba was going to bring to um, Arsenal Football Club and obviously for that reason I've been more than frustrated at the fact that he has Virtually, he's had virtually no playing time um, outside of the kids' uh, kids games, and you know he's been left in a situation where, for him, he's obviously felt the need. Well, he obviously wants first team football, which is understandable. And Arteta has also presented the situation where it's like, oh, you're not experienced enough, or you've not had enough game time recently to break into the team. But I'm not going to play you. So he was kind of left in a catch twenty two. Um, my issue, and, and this is, Saliba, Saliba doesn't help himself with some of the things that he comes out with and how he, you know, speaks about uh, Arteta and the club. But on the same note, this is a young man, he's 19 years old. He's suffered some great, a great deal of grief in his personal life recently, the loss of his mother, you know, and obviously, as we talked about earlier, has just, you know, made some mistakes as a young man would and does, you know. And the fact is, is that if he's not being given that support and guidance um, from the manager in terms of if he's not feeling ready, help him, help him to be ready. Give him the support, the structure to help him get to where you want him to be rather than um, I feel Arteta has alienated him and left him feeling like there's only one way to go, which is out the club. Now, I know I won't be alone as an Arsenal fan, feeling very frustrated when we've not even seen him play yet. Like, is it, you know, even if Arteta doesn't feel that he's up to it, the simple thing is play him, let us all see that he's not good enough and you'll get much less resistance from the fans. But simply at this stage saying, oh yeah, he's not match fit and then bunging, it, bunging a £27 million defender out back to League Un. So what, we're just kicking the can down the road in terms of um, him not being match fit and ready for the Premier League action. Well, that's that's not really good enough for me and speaks to a bit of a deficiency in Arteta's managerial profile, which is player management on that front. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I agree with everything you just said there. Mm. And I've, I've watched him a few times uh, for the full 90 in the under-23s. Um, I've, like everyone else, watched as much of the um, games he's playing over in Liga at the moment. He's looking very, very good. I mean, Adrian, what's your thoughts on all this? I mean, do you... I, I'm a little bit worried that he's either getting some bad advice as well from an, from an agent, potentially, <clears> or a family member, or uh, <throat> I don't want him to go down the same route as and turn into another Gwendozi or an Elka. He needs um, to be careful, with, yeah. He needs to be he careful. Is, yeah. yeah, look, I feel sorry for him because he came with, you know, big price tag, high expectations, 
and clearly a player of great ability. And then he, he hasn't been given a chance. And I, I feel desperately sorry for him. I think a lot of that was down to sort of obviously the not getting enough out of the door before the start of the season so that there wasn't room in the squad. Um, that wasn't his fault. That's, you know, that's that's mismanagement, really, from, from up above. Um, I, I, I do find it really surprising that he wasn't included in the Europa League squad. I, I don't see why he, did, he couldn't feature in those games or even the, the Carabao Cup games. So, so, yeah, I think he's got a reason to feel a little bit, little bit sour. But the truth is, it's not going to do his prospects any good if he goes and does these interviews overseas you know you can't do that these days everything gets back within about an hour at, at, at the max so so you've got to be really really careful and you know from, from personally football clubs in general when you say things that are negative about them in the press or you just vent your frustration or air one or two grievances publicly it never goes down well it, it goes down terribly and people will probably be having a word with him about it moving forward. So it's not going to help. I just prefer him to knuckle down, show what brilliant player he is, and 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 make sure that he plays well enough so that Arsenal can't ignore him moving forwards. But but you know, I, t I take on board a lot of what Johnny said there. Hopefully, they've got some kind of liaison person over there or somebody in in regular contact with him just to make him feel like he's still part of the Arsenal family. I would imagine that's happening. I, I would be surprised if it isn't. Yeah. I, I, we've got this, um, and his name has just gone completely out of my head. The um, loans, the guy that's dealing with the loans at, at the club now. Mm. I, I, I don't know the guy, and I don't want to make assumptions, but this is my own, just my own personal opinion. I think he's, uh, he's not doing it at the moment, this guy. Uh, with regards to the loans, I think uh, players like Willock, Nelson, um, you know, and a lot of the other young young um, players that we've got coming through, they should have gone out on loan a, a long time ago. And the fact that William Saliba's loan was messed up in the summer, I, I don't think there's any kind of excuses that for that. I, I just don't understand what happened there. Mm. It, it was all set to go on loan in the summer. And what, what, the why fact would... it didn't. Sorry, Andrew, why would you say that that is the fault of a loan person at Arsenal because ultimately the manager the buck stops with the manager he decides who he wants out on loan could you imagine if this guy was going on oh, with a loan out yeah Aubameyang or whatever like uh, no 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 yeah but th these guys were clearly I mean especially let's talk about the Saliba situation mainly though mm. the fact that that didn't get done in the summer uh, there's I don't see any excuse for that I think it's absolutely horrific from the club not to have got that done and then treat him for six, well, not quite six months, but near enough, the way that we have in that intermediate time. It's just, I, I'm exactly the same as what you said. I would be so disappointed and gutted if he, we end up losing him without him having kicked a ball for Arsenal mm. at all. But it's down to him. It's, it's down to him to perform, isn't it? And and I, I, no one can if persuade me. Chance. No one can yeah. persuade me that Mikel Arteta wouldn't pick him. If he if he if he was really impressed with him, if he'd have been really impressed with him, he would have picked him. So it's down to Saliba now, now that he is out getting first team football, to be brilliant and to show the right attitude. And then you know Arsenal will surely give him a try. And if they don't, you know there are a ton of there are a ton of mitigating factors. I think you know within within the whole thing. Um, obviously, the you know the 
the fact that he's not been, um, yeah, he's not exactly had the best treatment from the club. But so I really, really wanted to kind of make a comment on this because so I actually read the interview. Uh, or, I mean, I didn't see it, but I, I read the full interview of what he'd said. And actually, when you take what he said to what has been tweeted about, for example, actually, those those have been taken. Well, I wouldn't say out of context necessarily, but they have certainly been sort of put pushed towards an extremity because what he actually said. He, I mean, he did say those things, but he didn't say them in the same breath. And he was very sanguine about the whole thing as well. And, 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 uh, and philosophical and, and saying, you know, he said quite a few times, well, that's football, you know. And um, like the thing that really, really gets me and gets gets my goat quite a lot, especially when you do the rounds on social media and, and, and on the, the news media, the football news media as well, is that hysteria is the new currency now. And it is mm. it 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 it's a massive, massive, you know, with the impact of social media as well. It's a massive, massive detraction from a what's happening on the pitch, but also what you know what's happening off the pitch. And it's it's all distilled into you know tiny, tiny little sound, sound bites, and all of a sudden, you know, Saliba's done. Uh, and 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 it isn't like that at all. I mean, I I personally agree with with what you were saying, Adrian. I, I sincerely hope that he's been kind of having uh, or, or the club have been having those conversations with him uh, and sort of and talking to him. So so they're able to kind of reassure him that he can fight his place back into the side and that what was decided by the manager was the right thing and all these kind of things. Um, I, I, I personally think I really, really want to see him. Uh, we, we need a player in that position. And, you know, he's the guy that fits the bill and hopefully he'll come back. It'll all be, the fences will be mended, shall we say, and we'll have a promising player on our hands. The, the thing for me is, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not 100%, like, I appreciate what everyone's kind of said here. And wouldn't it be nice if he comes back and does his talking on the pitch? The problem is, I feel that from, you know, the murmurings of him, he feels like he's been betrayed. You know, this, we are a club that went out of our way to sign him. You know, he had other suitors and we bent over backwards to sign him. Of course, Emery was the manager at, the point, at that point, but we, we dedicated a lot of attention to him. And then for him to come to our club after a year, um, you know, a year staying at his um, previous club, all, all that all that excitement, all that, you know, um, anxiety building up and then he comes and then he's basically shelved. And the thing is, is I think, you know, we're assuming that he doesn't feel like the, the bridges have been burned because this treatment, he might be thinking, do you know what, I'm better off out of that club and I'll go to another club I haven't even played there. So, you know, I, I, when you look at the likes of Ainsley Maitland-Niles, um, who has also clearly had issues with Arteta, um, and, you know, you're talking about a guy who was like man of the match at the um, Community Shield, like looking really good. We stopped him from going uh, on a permanent deal in the summer. Clearly been sold a dream that you're going to be part of it. And this doesn't mean that, you know, Ainsley's not done anything to contribute to it. It's just there's a few young players here that were, for whatever reason are having issues with the manager and it's not being smoothed out. Now, Ainsley is one of our more capable young prospects. There are the likes of, for me, Reese Nelson and Eddie and Ketty. They're not going to make it. Ainsley could make make it 
If you're going to say it's an attitude thing, fair play, it might be. But if you're saying it's an attitude thing with Ainsley, with Saliba, with Quenduzi, you know, we're starting to get into a bit of a uh, a bit of a pattern here with some of our most promising youngsters, and they're not gelling with the manager, and that for me has is a concerning point at the very least. Yeah, exactly what I, exactly the point I wanted to come on to. That is a big worry for me. And the other thing we need to add into this Libra situation is the fact that um, Pablo Mari and Callum Chambers were both included in squads, and they they couldn't kick a ball until Christmas. Mm. I mean, how, what does that say to Saliba as well? The fact that they were they were not going to be able to to play because of injury, and they were, and yet he was omitted, and they. <laughs> They weren't. I don't get it. But I was really, I am really concerned about what you just said as well, Johnny, that has he, uh, in the Arteta, has he got that kind of skill that you need as a manager? Because you've got to look, you've got to look at the kids as well. Which of those kids deserve to be in the first 11? Which of those kids have made themselves undroppable like Bakayo Saka? None of it. What what, what did Ainsley make the Niles do wrong to be? We not... changed the system. We changed the system. He was brilliant at wing back, or he was very mm. steady at wing back. We went to a back four. Would would most fans prefer him to Kieran Tierney yeah. at left back? No. No, that's um, a valid point. Valid Hector, point. Hector Bayer in at right back has got Cedric breathing down his neck. Make the Niles had opportunities at right back, and and in my view, didn't. Didn't play as well as, as as Cedric or Bayer in when he had the chance. So, oh, oh sorry, just to come back, Adrian. I think the issue with Ainsley Maitland-Niles is he he came out and said straight away, "I want to play in centre midfield." For for all of that barren run when we were in an appalling tailspin, when we were relentlessly picking Mohamed El Nenny and Jaka week after week, and we're getting run on by. Poor teams. I mean, I say poor teams. We're probably going to be knocking around them in the league by the end of the year. But you, you get a, you get a picture. Like we should be running through them. And there was that game when Ainsley did get played, had a great performance, and he came out and literally said, "And you know, we don't have to read too far into it. It's nice to have some legs in midfield." And it was nice to have some legs I, in midfield. Do you know what? I don't think he's played since that moment. No, no, no. And I think it that that kind of built up a bit of a friction. Because, um, mm. you know, the fact is, for me, I, I would have... When we're in an, an appalling run, you have to look for solutions. One of the best things that have happened for Arteta is the fact that he gave Emil Smith-Rowe a go. Um, you know, I think it was the kind of last roll of the dice. And it's worked out wonderfully because, obviously, Emil Smith-Rowe has stepped up to an elite level for Arsenal. And that's fantastic. But Ainsley never really got a, a, a considered go, particularly in midfield, when... <laughs> You know, with party injured, we seriously lacked any dynamism in there because obviously when Xhaka plays, he doesn't have the legs to get around the field. And that's just, that's not even just a critique. That's just a basic observation. Everyone knows that about Xhaka. So for me, I think he was crying out. And I'm sure Ainsley was saying this because he was saying in the press, stick me in next to him because I'll at the very least add some legs in there. And that is, uh, that was concerning that he never got given the go and speaks to potentially a personality clash um, rather than it being just down to ability. But also, you've, yeah, got, well, I, I mean, you've got the fact that, that party, Party's coming to the team as well. And actually, Party and Shaka seem to be working, complementing each other quite well. And all of a sudden, 
yeah, there's no space for him. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, there doesn't seem to be anything for him uh, in, in on the right side of defence, and there doesn't seem to be anything for him in midfield. And I can understand his frustrations, you know, but what are you going to do? You, you, I mean, you you either fight for your for your place in the side, or you know, if you, if you, you want to you play for Arsenal. If you want to play for Arsenal, it's, it's fiercely competitive. You've got to be the cream of the cream. You've got to be the best of the best. Smith, Rowe and Saka have grabbed those opportunities. The other guys have played OK. A bit like I did when I came into the team all those years ago. I did all right. I didn't let myself down. I, I held my own. But ultimately, I wasn't quite good enough to make that consistent impact. And, and that's why I moved on. It happens. It happens to young players. I just, I just think some young players get a little bit ahead of themselves and think, well, I should be playing every week now. And, and, and if the manager, the manager's the, the most important person at the club, if they, if they think other players are better than you, it's in their interest to play those players. Mm. Um, and, and if you don't fit, then, then, then you, you either be part of the squad or you leave. And that's, it's just, a, it's just part of football. It, it's always yeah. happened. In, in your career, in, sorry, Adrian, in, in your career, have you ever had it where you felt, uh, you know, obviously you're playing at a, a, a top level, but have you ever felt that you were playing under a manager who had a vendetta against you? Or, like, you know, it became more of a personal thing rather than the the performances that you were putting on the pitch and feeling oh, like you were never going to get given the go? Definitely, and it happens. It definitely happens. Yeah, I had it at South End, had it at Stevenage. Um, where they went full-time and I was a part-timer because I had a job as a journalist. I was making my way and I couldn't train during the day. So because I wasn't training during the day, he was picking other players ahead of me. And obviously I felt aggrieved at that. And then there was a clash and it didn't matter how well I played in training or in games. I wasn't going to get picked. At South End, the manager came in and signed two play two wingers. And I was a winger. And he was, going to play, he was always going to play those ahead of me, even though I was doing better than them in training. So, yeah, of course it happens. Everyone has their favourites. But the manager, ultimately, it's in his best interest to pick the best team that he thinks uh, will win in matches. And if you're not in it, then it's tough. Um, football is tough. <laughs> and, and there's only 11 that can be happy uh, each game. So, yeah, I, ju I just think with certain young players, they've got to be patient. And other young players, they've maybe got to see the writing on the wall and, 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 and think maybe it's be better elsewhere. Um, do you it's, think, it's a... Adrian, that perhaps um, Arteta could do a little bit better with managing egos? So Wenger was notoriously good at that. Do you think he, he perhaps is, is a bit too inexperienced you know, to be able to kind of handle that kind of... He's learning on the job, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... he's Can I... Can I use yeah. this moment as a perfect segue into the next uh, topic? Because it is the perfect moment to do that. Mm. And that is Nicolas Pepe. Mm. I I think that the way that... I don't know. I'm just going to put myself in this position for one minute. And I'm playing devil's advocate because I'm not going to go one way or the other here with this opinion. But he came off the back of a really good end to last season. A lot of people re reckon he was man of the match in the cup final. He, was, he had a great game. I mean, he would have scored one of the best cup final goals of all time, but it got ruled out, unfortunately, if you remember that. And then, obviously, he must have thought, well, yeah, I've done really well. I've got to hopefully really kick on next season. And then we go out and buy, well, not buy, but we sign up 
uh, Willian in the same position that he was playing at the time. And all of a sudden, he's very sporadic as well. I think his numbers are always fairly consistent. There's not many games that go by where he doesn't either do a goal or make a goal or an assist. There's not many of those that happen. He does quite well. but And then all of a sudden, he's very much on the fringes and just playing against Dundalk and he's having good games. And But then all, he seems to have worked his way back in the team, which is great. I'm really, really happy for him. He seems to have found a little niche on the left-hand side. But the, what I wanted to discuss with you is... is a, you know, how do you think he's doing at the moment? Firstly, uh, uh, the way that he's come back into the team and he has fought his way back into the team because of really good performances. But also, and it also touches onto this Mikel Arteta man management type of thing. Because I've got this opinion and it's purely an opinion that he is really like a, a, an exceptional Wenger player. I think if he'd have come in under Arsene Wenger, he really has the type of uh, personality on the pitch and flair and the way that he plays to really thrive on, in that kind of environment. And I think that Arsene Wenger allowed players very, very much to uh, you know, play with flair, um, play to their strengths. He put trust in them. He gave them encouragement to do that. And, he had, and they felt his faith. And I think that he hasn't had that really at all, in, in my opinion. For a long period under you know uh, Arsenal so far, and I think that if he'd have come in under Arsenal, Wenger, the way that he played, he would have been. I'm not saying he's good because no one is, but he could have been playing in a very similar way to uh, the way Thierry Henry came into the team. First started off as a winger and played more as a, as an inside forward, and we all know what happened with Thierry Henry because I think uh, Pepe is an exceptional finisher. Uh, I love watching him play. He's the sort of player I really want to uh, watch play because he, although he's frustrating at times, the moment of skill and uh, sheer brilliance and genius that he provides from mm. time to time, uh, that's what gets me off my seat. And I wanna, I'd rather watch that if someone who's coming to the team like Willian, who is very vanilla, who's not been you know, doing very well. I would, I would much rather be excited just for one moment of a game rather than just, yeah, you know. But I, I don't know what you think about that. I'll go to you first, Johnny, uh, about what your thoughts are on what, what I think about uh, Pepe and the way that he's adapting now. And... So let's get the um, elephant in the room out of the way because you mentioned his name. Willian is an absolute disaster. Cannot stand the guy. Shouldn't be at Arsenal. It's one of the biggest blotches against the names of Mikel Arteta and Edu in signing him. It, it's, it was just... Bad at you know inception. Like, what are you thinking? It's it's a really and he is a walking disaster, or and he is walking because he rarely runs on the pitch these days. Um, in terms of Pepe, it, it's an interesting um, uh, conundrum. Really, he's quite an enigmatic character. Now, from my time working at Arsenal as well, there were conversations I had, and, and one of the things that I got um, got fed through to me was that. Basically, it's an issue of character with Pepe. His ability is there. Like, you know, if you could play in a vacuum and say, you know, how fast can you run? How can you can you bend the ball into the top corner? All of these things. He's got all the skills, all the attributes to make it at the top level. But he's quite a meek 
character is quite shy. And I explained on my own channel and um, a few other uh, conversations I've had with Arsenal fans that because Pepe is quite a, a weak character, and and it's you know I'm not saying anything revolutionary there. You can probably tell from his candor on the pitch that he you know he's he's not exactly a, a leader in in terms of the way he carries himself. And he's much more of like a weather vane. He absorbs the influences around him on the pitch and he pumps that back out. So when at the start of the season he was starting with William and people like that, if they're garbage, Pepe's garbage because he doesn't have enough about him to generate his own steam. He reflects, again, what is going on around him. Aubameyang completely out of sorts this year. So if you're... Out of sorts is Aubameyang, William there, and you're asking Pepe to do it on his own. He's not going to do it. What we have seen is a real upturn in form since the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka suddenly playing further forward in the positions they should do. And because Saka is our best attacking player, um, and suddenly when you've got a, a, an attacking um, kind of formation and strategy that is built around youthful exuberance, energy, aggression... Um, then suddenly Pepe's gone, hold up, that's what's getting rewarded at Arsenal now. Because before, when William was getting picked, despite, you know, clearly better players being around, it's like, oh, is that how I'm meant to play? Shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, whereas now it's like, oh, actually, if I track people, if I pressure people, if I'm constantly moving, if I run off the ball. And, and one other interesting uh, little point I just would say about Pepe is what we've seen in recent games is uh, an increased ability from him to run in behind. What he was doing earlier on, I found that he was taking the ball and trying to dribble around everyone. In the Premier League, there's not many players who can do that. It's, it's a difficult league to be rolling around doing that kind of nonsense. This ain't League 1, it's the Premier League. But what he started doing, because of the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka, is saying, I'm going to stretch defences, so I'll play on the shoulder. He has got the pace to terrorise um, the, uh, opposition defenders by running in behind. And that outfall with the likes of Thomas Partey finding him has suddenly been one of our biggest weapons. So I do think he has utility in this um, Arsenal team moving forward. But if we're asking him to do something that he's not built to do, we're probably going to be disappointed. Do you think that's do you think that's like um do you think that's something that Pepe can learn? Do you think that that, that kind of uh I suppose that sort of leadership and that that uh sort of proactivity or proactiveness, do you think that's something that he can learn? Do you think that that and if and if he does, do you think, you know, that it would ultimately improve him as a player as well? It, it might come it might come with maturity. I think if he matures and feels more comfortable in his surroundings, he might have the confidence to to sort of be that spark that Johnny was talking about. A really interesting point actually that Johnny made. I, th I think I think there's merit to it. I really do. And I think the standards have definitely been driven up in the last couple of months. Competition for places, but 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 mainly the team is just playing with so much more energy and, and, and aggression and assertiveness. He's realised I have to do that to to stay in the team. The running in behind bit, I think, it's probably come Johnny because he's playing on the left a bit more, and and there's he feels more comfortable to run in behind on the left. And he's also he's on the Xhaka side now. Xhaka, I mean, we've all seen it. He loves to play those balls in behind, doesn't he? For you know the, those angle balls to the left hand side. He, he he doesn't play them as often to the right. Tends to play them to feet. 
but but on the other side he'll he'll look to put people in and um and pepe good enough to do that so yeah look he's, he's a good player he's a talented boy i think his stats tell us that he's you know our second or third biggest goal threat you know outside of lacazette and the yang he will score goals Europa League is he was contributing almost every game, wasn't he? So he's well yeah. worth persisting with, well worth it. But I don't think he's ever been a winger, uh, Adrian, is he? I don't think he's a chalk on the boots winger. I think he, he's, he got the he's much more comfortable closer got... to the box. He is, but is he? Could you see him holding the ball up? Not really. No, does he, no, does he make? No. Does he make intelligent runs? Up until recently, I think he could. no. No, maybe, but I don't. To play as a striker, even as part of a two, you really have to be intelligent, smart with the runs that you make. Um, otherwise, you'd be running around all day, never getting hold of the ball. And I don't know. I think I think it's something you could learn, but right in the here and now, I don't I think, think. I don't think he's got that intelligent movement. I think he's he's, you, he's an improviser. I suppose my question is. Well, one, one other thing, sorry, Chet, oh. Chet, you, go, you can go to you. One other thing, when he was on the right, how many different partners did he have behind him? That, you know, at least three uh, you can name straight away. Um, yeah. I think that if he could, um, I'm a bit worried about Tierney as well, but that's another subject. I don't know if we have time to go on to today. But um, if he could strike, I mean, a permanent partnership on the left with Kieran Tierney, I think that would be incredible for him because with Tierney overlapping him on the other side I think that could be an extremely fruitful partnership um, well, that's, that's actually a, that's actually a really perfect point uh, for me to bring in so I was going to say do you do you think or do any of you think that with the right uh, sort of pairing on his side he will ever be 72 million pound good <laughs> no one is. Well, no well, look, well, well the, the issue is, is that um, that, that's essentially been Pepe's biggest issue. You know, the yeah. price tag is a millstone around his neck, but, you know, he didn't ask to, it's the old adage, he didn't ask to be signed for that much money. But there's also no point in saying something like that because you were signed for it. So we expect a certain amount of quality. And to be honest, it doesn't even matter if you're signed for 40 million. You know, you've got to be better than what you've given us over that time. And I think one of the things that's so frustrating about Pepe is when you look at how he finished last season, I think we were all looking at him like he's perfectly poised to make that step up now. The Premier League's difficult to get to grips with, especially when you've come from France. Like, they're different leagues, they play differently, different pace uh, to the game. So, you know, we were all kind of hoping that he'd maybe acclimatised and we were going to see a rampaging player. But... I don't necessarily think that, despite being signed for 70 million, I don't think Pepe needs to be the best player in the league to be a success. But he needs to be better than what he is now, no question about it. And he needs to be able to make different, the difference in big games, in big moments. And it can't be as um, inconsistent as it's been up to now, where we're seeing flashes. But a lot of the time... He's not been involved in the play. But what I would say, to end on that positive, is I do think in recent weeks we've seen him get much more involved in the play. And I think he's playing with players who are going to get the best out of him through either spotting his runs, playing quick footballs, not slowing the tempo down all the time, because that is a disaster for him. It, it shuts his space down that he can run into. 
And quite frankly, he it, when when the ball's coming to him slow, apart from doing some, you know, trying to do some quick dribbling, which often goes wrong, he's got no ideas. It just whip a ball into the box. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful that we might be able to see the next iteration of Pepe. But of course, it's no surprise that the jury's still out for a lot of Arsenal fans and someone who costs that much. I think it's come with a bit of game time as well, hasn't it? Like the more game time actually he's been receiving, the more we're, we're seeing a little bit more consistency. I know it's not not the amount of consistency that we all expect at that price tag, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, yeah, I think that's helped him a lot. Yeah, I'll just finish up on that point because I just wanted to say, Adrian, obviously in your experience as a player as well, mm. it can't be easy coming in and out of the team having a bit a bit patchy you know a few minutes here a few minutes there that's surely got to make a big difference as well which is what i've been waiting for for Pepe mm. to have a, a run of a few games on the trot definitely it yeah. makes a difference yeah and you, you feel wanted and you, your confidence suddenly rises because you know your first choice all of a sudden and and you know you got Martinelli on the bench, you got Willian, you got Bamiyang that's been on the bench. So, so you're under pressure, but but you're picked ahead of them. That lifts you, of course it does. And and fit match fitness wise, obviously, it, you need you need the games. Um, I felt I always felt I needed four or five, you know, 70, 80, 90 minute runouts before I got into the what you call the groove, where whereby ninety minutes wasn't a problem. Um, so yeah. so yeah, it's the same. It's the same for all these guys. Um, he will benefit from a run, but 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 look what what happens now. I mean, Aubameyang's ready now, isn't he? Um, so this is it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, nice problem Saka, to have, as the old Saka, cliche Saka, goes, Saka, isn't it? Saka's really? not, not going to be left out. So so yeah, Arteta's got a bit of a bit of a problem on his hands in terms of selection now. Hmm. Which is good. I mean, we all wanted that. Our, our bench is looking very very strong for once, isn't it? Now hmm. we've actually got a few, quite a good few options on the bench, but. Hmm. Um, I, will, yeah, I remember the last time that, that you look at the bench and go, oh, actually, yeah, oh, I quite fancy a bit of that, you know. Do you, it's do been you, a while. Do you know, I would actually come back on the Andrew there a little bit and say it's it's not actually a good problem to have. It's a bad problem to have. because yeah. Now, yeah. Just because the fact is, is that Obama Yang's form is absolutely dire. Let's just, you know, let's just be clear about that. It's shocking. Um, he's our star striker, or previously star striker, really desperately struggling for form. And then you've got a, an issue where Pepe is a player who's been brought for you know a huge amount of resources in terms of you look at our whole pie, you know how much resources we have for our playing squad. He took up a large chunk, and you look like you know you've got a player who looks like he might be stumbling across some kind of form. Now, if you take Pepe out the team, where do you think he's going to end up in five games' time? He's going to be back where he was, and and and, and you've got to you've got to look at it as well. Like, you know, you have to be quite clinical about these things. Pepe is what mid twenties, twenty five. Abamian's thirty one, and looking like he is just not not getting it together. He doesn't look like it. If we talk about the fact that this new way of playing in terms of our attacking coherency has benefited Pepe, well, one thing it's definitely done is really caused issues for Aubameyang because he, he struggles with link-up play. Without the space to run in behind, he can often be, as we've seen, he's often on the fringes of a game, but what he gets out of jail with is his elite world-class finishing. Well, his world-class finishing hasn't been there for a while. That's only going to get worse being out of the team. But at this point, 
I say it's a problem that might not be a good problem because what you're going to do, you're going to take a Pepe who's improving out of the team for Aubameyang who looks awful, or you're going to give your club captain his place back in the hope that he can re-salvage form, even though every time we've seen him enter the team in recent months, he's been absolutely shocking, really. For, if you ask most Arsenal fans for their, their, their front four against Leeds, I, based on form, they would pick who we started with against Aston Villa, even though we blanked it, we didn't we didn't score. Um, I think on form, Lacazette with Smith Rowe behind, Saka right and Pepe left is is the team that he should pick. So so it will be fascinating to see what happens. And in fairness to Arteta, the last few weeks he's picked the team on merit. So yeah. I would expect him to I would expect Aubameyang to be sub again. I I mean the, my my opinion on 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 this now is. The, the league's a write-off. We all know that. It's a, it's a write-off. And the last thing we want to do is qualify for that uh, Europa Conference thing. I mean, because that would be even far, far worse. I mean, that would be too embarrassing to to even mention. Plus, the travelling you'd have to do there would be far worse, I think, than the Europa League. I, I just think it would be nice. You'll get Faroe Islands teams and all sorts of shit on that. But, but I, I honestly yeah, think that... I honestly think that when it gets to the summer, Lacazette's got 12 months left on his contract. I, I, I Do you think he's going to get a new one? I, don't, I really don't. If you're going to le- learn lessons from the past, because you, you've, you've got to give a contract, let's not forget, on what you think the, that this player is going to, going to do over the length of that contract, not what they've done. And that's the mistake I think we've made for years, uh, it, it, because we've done like, giving out contracts on the latter. So I think Lacazette really is, is, let's face it, I think going to be sold in the summer if we can get a buyer. So I think mm-hmm. it, we've, we've, we've given Aubameyang this contract. I think we need to make it work and persevere with him up front as the number That's nine. Cool. Because he's 31 now. We can't have him bombing up and down the left wing, you know, and, and helping out the left back for too much longer. It, it's, it's just physical. We need to prolong his goal-scoring ability, his fitness, as long as we can, because we're giving him this contract. I think we need to persevere with him up front. But even if there. we play better with Lacazette as the sort of Yeah, I do, because I, I don't think we've got anything to play for in the league this season, apart from finishing as high as we can. I, I think it, we've got to be ruthless, like Johnny said. Yeah, but Arteta's got plenty to play for, hasn't he, Andrew? I mean, you, you don't, you don't just, you don't, you well, don't play. Do you know what? You don't pick teams. Yeah, but he hasn't been doing that. Well, he hasn't doing that, has he, Adrian? Let's face facts. I've got this. I've got some facts here, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. Emery, who was sacked last season, had a twenty-three percent loss percentage at this point when he got sacked last season. Arteta has currently got a forty-three percent loss percentage, and then Emery's points per game over forty-three was seventy-eight. Arteta has got 64. You know, he's not been doing a great job. If we're going to be building for the future, we're going to have to build for the future. We're going to have to sort of say, right, enough, we're going to do it or we're not. So do we not play Aubameyang and, and, and keep playing Lacazette and then sell him in the summer? Or do we put our faith in Aubameyang, who we've given this massive contract to? Who's the club captain? We... I don't know. What do you tell me? I don't know what to say. Well, That's... if you if you want to sell Lacazette in the summer, play now because it'll put the fee up. You know, a player that's out of the team in the summer, you know, but they'll just they'll just try and get him for free. So it, it, I, I 
see where it's you're hard coming one, from, but yeah, I just yeah, I just think you pick you pick the best team, and I, I think Lacazette's our best centre forward now. So, I, I mean, for my for my two penny, um, it's, do you know what? It's a fascinating point that you bring up there, Andrew. I really think it is, and, and I think Adrian, you know, hinted at a point which is spot on. Like, let's get realistic. Arteta's playing, you know, managing for his job right now. There's no question about it, and he, and he should be. This is not. This has been a disaster of a year. If we're honest. It's been shocking. Now, what I would say is because you know you're the only thing I would say though, Andrew, about your conclusion, it seems a little bit contradictory, because for me, this league has been a write-off. So the only way Arteta comes out of this with any kind of saving grace is if he has a young team that has grown in confidence and looks like it's going to be ready to start the next season on full, you know, full guns blazing, full steam ahead, and we can actually start looking at things like top four and stuff and say we are going to have a proper shot at doing that. If we end this season trying to regain the form of our previously previous best striker, um, when we've already been up and down with form anyway, if it goes wrong, there's only one thing, there's only one place for Arteta, and that's, you know, the dog queue. Because... He's already hanging by a thread in terms of um, what he what he can sell as a resume to the Arsenal fans in terms of a dream, in terms of prospects going forward. So I think he needs to happen upon. And I think, you know, there are some people that would argue that we are there, but he needs to happen on a style of play which is coherent, which everyone can see what we're trying to do. And brings about success, even in the short term, so we can all go into next season with hope. Because without that, if this kind of form bundles on to the end of the season, what's, what's next season going to look like? There's absolutely no reason to believe it's going to be any better. No, I know. I, 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 but you know, in my, in my ideal, I'd rather, and I know it's this controversial, in my ideal world, I'd rather, you can't look back, I can't say, I wish we hadn't done that, because it's pointless. But I would, I would actually start. I'll be looking very, very strongly now to replace both Lacazette and Aubameyang. I'll try and get some money from Aubameyang in the summer personally as well. I mean, that's what I would like to do. I mean, I would love to see about. Do you know what? I, it's very, very small sample size, but from what I've seen in the under twenty three, I would love to see Balogun get a chance because he seems like an ideal identikit striker for what we need. But do you? We do don't you know. But do any of you guys seriously think that, I mean, like, let's not forget, like, you know, we were all, we were all falling over at at Young when he was in form and scoring goals and just, and actually, you know, and actually showing a bit of leadership as well and, and leading the team and the team were looking at him and saying, like, we want to play like you. We want to play with that spirit. Um, Mm. Like, I, I suppose I want to take you back to the old adage of, of what is it, form is temporary, class is permanent. Do you seriously believe that, that Aubameyang is going to be stuck in the, in the doldrums forever? Because I don't. Um, he, you know, he's, he's hit, he's, he's, got, he's had some problems going on in his personal life, and it's definitely taken a while for him to kind of get back up to speed. I don't think that that's necessarily a case for us to abandon ship. Um, I think that, yeah, he probably needs to be sat down for a little bit. And when there's ample opportunity, whether that be we're up against it and actually we need a little 
a bit of dynamism. We need somebody to get in the right positions, in the right places, mm -hmm. and some, some decent finishing, you know, for him to come on as a sub. Or actually, perhaps, you know, we're, we're rolling all over a team. We're 2-0 up. Okay, bring Obama Young on. He gets a hat trick, <laughs> whatever. You know, I, 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 I really don't think it's. He signed a massive, massive contract, and there's a reason for that. Is because he is a fucking class player, mm. and I understand that. You know, there's well less than half of the season left now, and yeah, Arteta is managing for his life, but he's going to need everybody. You know, and. Who better to, to come and help you save your season than your star striker? Yeah, it's only a few months ago that he was winning us, winning us the FA Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, he's 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 not a busted flush. Look, every striker has their peaks, and, and most strikers score the bulk of their goals twenty five to twenty nine thirty, and then you, you with most of them you see it, you know, peter out a little bit. That will happen, but he's still he's still. One of you know one of the best players in the Premier League when it when he's Absolutely. on it. So yeah, do you think me... though that he was given that contract in the summer? Mm. Like I said, do you mm. think he was given it because of what he's going to do over that three year contract, or do you think he was given it because we just didn't we just couldn't face losing him at that point? Maybe, um, but we... yeah, we, we we wouldn't have wanted to lose him, would we? Um, no, it's... it was a reward. It was a reward for what he's done. And, exactly, and, he, and that's, that's not ruthless. He's not exactly injury prone, is he? Yeah. It's not. It's not being. I don't know. I, I, let's let's just leave it there because we could go on about that all night, couldn't we? Really, but I, I'm not. Don't don't get me wrong. I love Pamiang, and he, he was amazing last season. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I definitely get what you're saying, Andrew. Like you, you know, he we... wouldn't be in the. <laughs> yeah, he's been, he has been rewarded for previous play, and I, you know, uh, Chappers completely spot on. Adrian saying the same thing. Like, no one, I'm not saying pull the ladder up on Aubameyang. He's a class act, like, and he's proven. Like, out of everyone in the squad, he has the most proven resume. So you don't just. The, the, one of the issues with Aubameyang is even if you wanted to move on for him, we wouldn't get any money for him at this stage. I don't think anyone would take his contract. But but what the issue is, which we were talking around, and Adrian, you know, summed it up. If Arteta has chosen for us to, in terms of our attacking lineup, to pose a different quandary to teams to attack in a different way, this isn't anything new with Aubameyang. He's never been good at link up. It's not like oh, he's in a bit of. He just doesn't do it well. Lacazette has always been far superior in that way, and all it's all that's happened is potentially because of our other good players like Saka and Emile Smith-Rowe, sometimes you don't play your best player, you play the best team. Who complements who? And Lacazette gets the best out of those guys because he can play that quick foot. We can hold it up a bit better. But ultimately, I do think that we might be in the market for a new striker because if Lacazette is not the long-term solution, I'm not sure that, it, despite Aubameyang being a league finisher, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a guy who can fit into this system. If this no, is what we're going to continue to play, that's all it will. That's all it is. But of course, he deserves time, and certainly shouldn't be hounded out. Yeah, that's the worry I've got. I don't think he does fit into this new Arteta system. If this is what he's going to be playing long term, I've got my I've got my concerns about that. But anyway, it's a it's a like I said, we could talk about for ages and ages, um, and maybe we do it another day. But. Uh, 
I'm just going to quickly, I mean, are you two guys okay now? Because I know we've gone on a bit while because we, we started a bit later. Are you okay to just sort of finish off on this uh, quick, fun, just just a bit of light-hearted quiz? Yeah, let's the right go time for it. Yeah, let's yeah? go for it. Yeah. Great. Right. This quiz is your, it's just testing your knowledge on previous former Arsenal players. Oh dear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. It's a really simple format, right? I'm going to be exposed here. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll give you a player and I'll give you the amount of clubs that they played for in their career. Includes loan clubs, but it's, it's only unique clubs. So if they've gone back to a same club, that doesn't count, right? And then you'll, in turn, you'll bid for how many of those clubs you can name. So if I go to you first, Johnny, you yeah. will say, right, he's played for seven. I'll, I can name four. Yeah. Adrian's got the opportunity then of saying I can name five. Sure. Okay. And if he does say I'll name five, you've got the opportunity. Okay, I think I can go for six and so on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or you say, right, Adrian, you name your five. Yeah. And the, the person that gets it gets the point. It's just simple, straightforward. Okay. You with me? Yeah. We'll do a quick, uh, just a bit of a trial run, okay? Just one player, bit of a trial run, give you an idea. I'll come to you first, uh, Adrian. The player is Steve Sidwell. He has played for seven different clubs. <laughs> yeah. So how so many do you reckon you can make the, the trial yeah. run? <laughs> I can't think of that many. Uh, three. Three. I'll go four. How many? Fantastic. Do you want to get Johnny to name the four? Or do you want to go for five, no, Adrian? He, he can go for that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> go All on, right. Adrian. What's... So, Reading, Fulham. Yeah. yeah. Um, Obvious uh, one. Does, does Arsenal count? Like, can I say Arsenal? Yeah, two? yeah. All oh, right, lovely. That, that's the, that's just the three straight away. Did you say uh, four? I said four. four. Yeah. So, uh, and then where else did he go? Um, uh, well, oh no, maybe you have stopped me. Uh, <laughs> if you don't get it, Adrian gets the point. Right. Okay. Let me think. Steve said, "Well, uh, I think you're on the clock here, John. I know you? you're going to have to write um, <laughs> Well, I've got the fourth if, if you're stuck. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'll say QPR. No, he didn't play for QPR, so that would be the point to Adrian. Yeah. Chelsea. What's the other one then? Chelsea, Chelsea. exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. so you, you get the idea. So that was just a bit of. That was the first one. Charm one. I should have gave it up. <laughs> first one proper. First one proper. Right, Johnny, this is you to, to make the first bid. Liam Brady played for six different clubs. How many do you reckon you can name? Mm, two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Start a bit of two. Do you want to join in, uh, Chappers, just for a bit of fun as well? Not for this one, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could definitely go three, yeah. Great. I'm going to have to say name I'm going to have to, yeah. I, I wouldn't get more than that. Um, okay. Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. West Ham, yeah. Yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> what's the one he played for in Italy? He played for... 
Juve? Yes, uh, Juve is correct. So that's a point to... Fair so how many clubs did you say it was? Yeah. Juventus. How many clubs did you yeah. say he played for? Six. Six. Um, can I yeah. have a stab at one? Wait. Yes, of course. This is a real stab in the dark, but it just came to me and I thought maybe. Cork City. No, didn't. No, didn't. <laughs> Do you know what? He had a... well, there you go. This is why I'm not playing, man. <laughs> Arsenal, Juventus. Then he went to yeah. Sampdoria. Yeah. Then he went to Inter Milan. Yeah, I had Inter in my head. Yeah. Then he went to Ascoli, Ascoli, yeah, Ascoli Calcio, which is the full name, and then finished his career at West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. So I, watched well done, right? flesh. I watched him play in the flesh for West Ham. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, he must have been about forty. <laughs> but he was yeah. Still he was still dynamite. But I mean. What a career the guy had, really. I mean, uh, I, I, I completely forgotten that he went to Inter Milan. I, I knew it, but I, I'd completely forgotten that when I was all researching. Anyway, your go now, Adrian. Okay. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Not the former president. Jimmy Carter. But you, right. Were you there at the same time as Jimmy? Yeah, I know Jimmy very well. Cleaned his boots. Yeah, he's a good lad. He's a very Seven funny, clubs. Very funny man. Um, right. Yeah. And clubs yeah. he's played for. Do you remember him, Johnny? We'll see how Adrian gets on first. <laughs> Four. Name him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Arsenal, Millwall, yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. Well done. Well done, yes. I, I, yeah, I didn't right. know Portsmouth. I, I honestly did not know Portsmouth. I played against him when he played for Portsmouth. It's a bit unfair, really. A bit of, exp bit of experience. But, yeah, he. Um, I played against him for South End when he was at Pompey. Um, right. We were good, mate. We were good, you know, become quite good. But obviously, I cleaned his boots. I was a kid. But um, we, we get on really well. So, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, and I've, I've, I've interviewed him on the radio and... Work with him on Arsenal TV as well. So he's a, he's, a, he's a character. He's Jimmy Is Carter, he? let me tell you. I used uh, to watch him play at Millwall. Because I, 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 my two brother-in-laws um, were Millwall fans. I went to Millwall for about three years, uh, as well as Arsenal. And I followed them home and away. And I saw Jimmy Carter quite often at Millwall. But he, anyway, the seven were Palace, QPR, Millwall, Liverpool, Arsenal, Oxford, Pompey, and then, well, then you went back to Millwall. I was going to say Palace, you know. I was going to say it was a total guess, but I was going to say it. Started his career at Palace, yeah. Started his career at Palace. Right. So, this is back to you then, Johnny. Next one, play for six clubs. And it's Michael Thomas. Six clubs. <laughs> um, three. Oh. Not bad, not bad, not bad start. That's strong. I think that's strong, Johnny. I'm, I I'm, did, a, I'm a bit stumped on, on Mickey Thomas. I um, didn't know he played for six clubs, I have to admit. I'm going to go, I'm going to let you have a piece of this. Yeah, go for it. All right, then. Arsenal, what, Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, Arsenal, Liverpool, West Ham. No. Did he not? No, West Ham. No. Which is unusual because nearly all the old yeah, exactly, West yeah. Ham. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but no, he didn't. So that's a point to Adrian. Well, I flew that, haven't I? I flew that. I don't. I've not got a lot to offer beyond Arsenal and Liverpool. He must have gone and played overseas, right? 
Yes. I went on loan to Portsmouth from Arsenal. Then he went from Arsenal to Liverpool. Arsenal to Liverpool. Then he went to Middlesbrough on loan from Liverpool. Was he in London for it? No. Benfica. Benfica. And then he finished his career at Wimbledon. Yeah, I wouldn't have known any of those, yeah. 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 I knew Benfica, but I didn't know the, any of them. This is bloody only connect standard, this is, Andrew. I tell you, fair play, mate. <laughs> You're not as quite as good looking as Victoria Corrin, but, you know, you've got more good. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adrian's really won this, he? He's got all the points so far. <laughs> Adrian. Adrian, next one. Two left. Adrian. Silvino. Yeah. Silvino <laughs> played for five clubs. Five clubs. How many of the five can you name? <laughs> oh, dear. One. I'm about to Right. Yeah. Go on then, Johnny. Go for it. Arsenal, Barca. Ah, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well yeah. done, Johnny. You're back in the game. Did he play for any Brazilian teams, Andrew? Yeah, started off at Corinthians, which oh, I yeah, yeah, I would have said that. <laughs> did he go to Celta Vigo in the end as well? Yes, <laughs> yeah. From from yeah. Arsenal to Celta Vigo, then to Barca, and finished up. Remember, he finished up. Anyone? Did Man City. To, yeah, he came back to England. Yeah, Man City. I completely forgotten that. <laughs> It's funny yeah, how you yeah. forget, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's interesting. Complete... I find it the game interesting because I lose track of players when I leave Arsenal. I lose interest unless they're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> unless they're a real favourite. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see where their careers have gone. Last one, then it's back to you, Johnny. A player I actually look quite liked when he was uh, at Arsenal, Stepan Schwartz. Oh, okay. You know, is this winner takes all? Yeah, this this question. <laughs> winner takes all. He's, he has played for six clubs. Um, six clubs. two. Okay, Adrian. Yeah, good, good shout. I'm just trying to think where he came from. I quite liked him. He's a good player. I think scored a big yeah. goal. For I, I, I like his family because uh, obviously they they give us all the herbs, don't they? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Schwartz. Oh, it's really annoying. So I know that he played for another team in England. Can't remember. Um, you did. Yeah. I'll go you for did. three. Ooh. Go on then. <laughs> <laughs> I was maybe going to go three, but that's it. No, go on then, Adrian. I've, I'm not confident about this. Um, Arsenal, obviously. Yep. Sunderland. Well done. Yeah, oh, did. Wow. And Fiorentina. Oh, well done. Good knowledge. Wow. Yeah. That is impressive. Nice. Well done. That's Fair a good point. I was winging that. I didn't, even, I, I didn't even know I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name any of the other ones, Chappers? I was going to say, is Malmo in there? Yes. Mm. Yes, yeah. it is. Well done. Nice. Benfica is the other one. And Valencia. Valencia, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have known uh, Valencia. No, so yeah. that's good. 
good knowledge. I wouldn't have got Fiorentina. I yeah, mean, Play, I played with Schwartz. He was good. He was a really good player. Yeah. I liked him. Thunder thighs, yeah, he was, um, <laughs> yeah, he was uh, strong, yeah, strong player. Took quite a good dead ball from memory as well. It was, yeah, he was a good player, yeah, he was, um, yeah, yeah, underrated, I think. Yeah, he just didn't, yeah, didn't, I think stay, so up, well. didn't stay at Arsenal long enough, really. Yeah, I think so as well. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed that just to finish off the show. <laughs> so thank you ever so much. Um, I'm sorry about all technical issues at the beginning, yeah. but... Uh, I hope you come back on again soon. Johnny, thank you ever so much. Where can people get hold of you? You've got this new channel, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd turn my hand at a bit of Arsenal YouTube in. It's called Utobe, the channel, double O-H-T-O-B-E. So do check it out. Um, put a video up today um, discussing the current plight of Arsenal and where we go forward from here. So do check it out. If you do touch spine on the channel, be sure to give it a little like and subscribe, please. Every bit of support is very much welcome. Thank you. Great stuff. I will put a link to the channel in the show notes afterwards as well. So Thank thanks you. so much for coming on, Johnny. It's been a pleasure. You do that. Uh, what's your name of your podcast as well, Kim? The other podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. How's your father podcast as well? Yeah. So, yeah, for all the dads out there, if you're interested in, 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 yeah, having a bit of light entertainment around fatherhood, check it out. We talk about all different aspects of fatherhood. So, yeah, the How's Your Father podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Definitely need that uh, sort of guidance throughout this lockdown as well, if you've got your kids at home <laughs> with you. Jesus, <laughs> Adrian, uh, you know, thanks ever so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. And like you mm -hmm. said, I can't wait for it all to end so we can actually go out and have a pint one day to, to see around the corner. <laughs> yeah, uh, it won't last forever. Around. But yeah, no, no. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, all good Where, but what have you got on at the minute? Anything you want to plug? Uh, no, not really. I mean, we did a breakdown live. Um, around every game so yeah if you yeah. haven't watched it yet it's, it's, a, it's a good show we just sort of build you up to kick off 20 minutes or so of sort of detailed analysis on, on what's to come and then you know half-time full-time analysis um, your tweets answered so you know I invite you know interaction from, from the fans and and then we talk about their opinions at half-time and at full-time so yeah it's, it's a good show Um and yeah, obviously check out the breakdown as well when um, when that Definitely. comes out on a Monday if you can. Yeah, and I recommend uh, the league show as well, just which you're on very often, aren't you? As well, that's a really good. Listen. Yeah, on that every week. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, if you like the EFL, yeah, totally football league shows. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have a good laugh on there. I do. It's a good show. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> and Chappers, great to have you back, man. How you doing? Yeah, it's good great to, to have back. you back. I have to say. Um, so it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a from Dar Square to Wear podcast without a little quick hair assessment, would it? So, um, Johnny, he's into his bar. Start with you, my friend. Uh, you are quite, champion. quite simply, uh, European champions at this stage. <laughs> it's got to be said, Adrian. You are most definitely top of the Premier League. There, you're looking very, very slick. Andrew, you and I. Battling relegation, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. But, it's all shaved off. Great to meet you, Johnny. Great to meet you, Adrian. Um, and Yeah, really good to see you again, Andrew, mate. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't yeah, it? You too. So, you too. Fantastic. Well, thanks, every, everyone, for watching. Just to give us a like before you leave. 
and give us a subscribe if you haven't done so already. Thanks for what James, uh, Albert, uh, Neil, uh, to name but a few who are your comments in the uh, uh, you know, join the show. And uh, thanks for anyone listening on the Spotify or iTunes. Give us a review, um, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. And um, bye bye, up the gunners. Cheers, bye bye. Thank you for listening to From Dial Square to Air. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel and of course our YouTube channel, and whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. I need to find a second here. Well, Holding is going to hurl himself into Michael Oliver's book there. I think he was getting a yellow card for the for a fortnight after Christmas break. Teaching unions and a number of local authorities have been pushing the government to close all schools temporarily. And in, excuse me, and in other, <clears throat> and in other news tonight, uh, the singer Jerry Marsden has died at the age of 78. BBC Five Live.